Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. As good as Buda Baker is, and he's very good, he can't do it by himself. Or can he? We break down the safety position. Is it a position that may be a little light when the final 53-man roster is decided? DeAndre Hopkins is once again stirring things up. First, though, welcome to Arizona, Zavin. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 433, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So we always talk about when players have that welcome to the NFL moments. It hasn't happened yet for Zayvon Collins. He has, though, MJ, I think, had his welcome to Arizona moments, and it's not the heat. Zayvon is looking to buy a house. As he said, quote, maybe the hardest thing that I've had to do in my whole entire life because that sucks. For anyone who's trying to find a house right now, I feel your pain. End quotes. It is a tough market out there, MJ, and you can add Zavin to the long list of people looking to find a home. You know, what's interesting is that when I started covering the Cardinals, I don't know, like, I don't know 25, 26 years ago, a lot of guys bought homes in Ahwatukee, including Matt Leinert. Um, we all know about Matt Leinert and his hot tub and everything else. And then guys started buying houses at, in Chandler and Gilbert, Acatillo, we know Ken Wisenhunt, uh, Vance Joseph, Hassan Reddick. And then when these guys started getting big money, they started buying homes in Paradise Valley. So where is he looking, do you think? I mean, you don't want to be close to the facility. Obviously, they get here early in the morning, so it's all freeway. So, I mean, he just got a nice signing bonus, so money's not an issue. Um, you know, it's his first house, so I'm sure he's going to want to make it really nice, let his uh, mom probably decorate or hire someone to decorate it. But um, you know what they call those? Champagne problems. In the words of Larry Fitzgerald, that is exactly right. Problems that uh, we would love to have, but uh, again, we do not. That's why we're on this side of the table, if you will, when we're looking at the uh, players out on the football field. But yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, maybe you just start You start small and then you look to find your dream home if that's what you want. You can't get it right away. Now, you know, this stuff is public, but Larry Fitzgerald built a nice house in Paradise Valley and then he sold it. And you can look up the number. I mean, the guy's just uh, you know, he wakes up like he's walking a walking ATM machine, and now he's building a house on Camelback Mountain. It's nice to be Fitz right now. By the way, what is going on with Fitz? Ah, yeah, that's the door I went and we want to open. What right do you mean? Now. He's back in his hometown. No, he's not visiting the Vikings. <laughs> you can open that door, MJ. Be no, careful. he's back in his hometown. You can follow him on Instagram. He's he's giving back to the community. He's done. He, he, it seems like it's the Boys and Girls Club. It's also for his mother when it comes to the. Uh, Black cancer awareness for breast cancer. So he's 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 a renaissance man, but he's in Minnesota enjoying his time and giving back to the community. And I'm sure he's just waiting to find out when the Suns are going to play next because I got to think he's going to get on a private plane. He also uh, there was another picture of him golfing. So I don't know if he was with Adam Thielen or Patrick Peterson. Oh, don't open again. Don't open that no, door. No, I'm just don't saying. Don't open that door. Listen, he's not signing with the Vikings. Well, MJ, be careful. He's not signing with the Vikings. I mean, listen, you went to the Bay Area for a few days. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Larry's in Minnesota. I'm going back to New York, uh, upstate, which could be hot and humid, but you know, this is the time he, he's not like in. He was supposed to go to Ireland, but that got canceled. So, um, you know, he's just doing his travel. I'm not, you know, again, I'm, you asked for the update and I gave it to you. <laughs> Big shock that he's out on the golf course. And of course, he's got plenty of free time now as the Suns wait the winner of uh, who they'll be playing in the Western Conference Finals. All right, let's bring it back home here to the Arizona Cardinals, where we know that Zayvon Collins will actually be wearing a Cardinals uniform this season. We don't know about number 11 just yet, and maybe we never will, but that's, again, a story for another day. I'll say this about Zayvon Collins, MJ. The more I hear from this kid, the more I like him, the more I believe the stage is not too big for him. He's anxious to get ready, and he has a maturity about him that I don't know if it's because he was at a you know a four-year player at college, so he's a little bit more advanced, if you will, or a little bit you know older than some players as far as leaving school early. He just I don't know it. He doesn't speak like a rookie he's not wide-eyed I mean I'm sure he's going to have a lot of rookie moments this season but he is certainly well aware of what is being asked of him and he's embracing the fact that everyone is going to be watching him one because he's a first round draft pick and then two he'll have that green dot on his helmet he's the quarterback of the defense I like everything he's saying uh you can see he's putting the work in we'll get some of the the details what he told us yesterday but I'm gonna pump the brakes uh, it's not gonna be an easy transition uh, it's you're a rookie now again I can't state it enough just being on the field being in meetings uh I took a COVID test uh during the week and I did notice they were out there conditioning um but uh, I think it's going to be a work in progress and it's all going to start up front with the front four or front three and then getting Chandler and Marcus Golden. But, again, I'm excited. He's done everything you you could ask for a, a guy to come in here and put a lot of that on his plate. Um, but, again, I, 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 it's going to be a process. I mean, we'll look at the first month of the season, and then we'll look at the second month, and we can have more of an evaluation. But he's going to have every opportunity. He's going to be a three-down backer. He's not coming off the field. I'm excited with his upside. Um, I know the organization is. You can tell the coaches are. And pairing him next to Isaiah Simmons, um, I think the future is very bright at that position. But it's not going to happen overnight. No, and he knows, and we should know here as we speak in the month of June, that there are going to be mistakes and maybe a lot of mistakes. But there is an expectation, and being that centerpiece of the defense comes some pressure. And Zavin did mention, hey, look, quote, I love the pressure. You can't be a high draft pick and then do nothing if I mess up, I mess up. So he's got the right attitude. And he described in pretty specific detail, MJ, about exactly everything he has to do as far as surveying the off. Well, one, get the call from the line of scrimmage, relay that call, and then look at what happens when the offense breaks the huddle, gets to the line of scrimmage, do the checks, and then making sure that know the situation, down and distance, two-minute, late-game scenario. So there is a lot of different things going through his head. And he's, as he mentioned, he has no choice. When you're ready or not, you got to be there. There is no waiting for Zayvon Collins. He has been given, like Kyler Murray, the keys to the defense, if you will. And, yes, there will be some growing pains. But as far as preaching patience, it's not going to be perfect, 
But at the same time, I think you should expect him to know what to do once he steps foot on that football field. Yeah, I'm not questioning that because I, I just see it when, when we're out there and, and then you, we, we get interviews from the head coach and you know uh, defensive staff, more in this case, uh, Billy Davis and Vance Joseph. So, I, I mean, I see it. I mean, it's, it's not going to be a lack of physicality. It's not going to be a lack of knowledge. It's just... It, it, you know, one of the things I asked him is, you know, what's been the biggest adjustment? And they haven't even put the pads on. He said the speed, the speed, and and that's the NFL. Nothing against Tulsa. Guys come from the SEC. Maybe they adapt a little bit quicker. Um, but the fact that he played there four years and, you know, he was one of the, uh, uh, you know, best uh, defensive players in this draft regardless of position. So, you know, I, I think he checks all the boxes. But, again, it's going to come down to what the front – four does or the front seven and that's going to make his job easier again it's going to be a, a case where it's going to be trial by error and he said he's made a lot of mistakes and I appreciate him admitting that now the thing is you don't want to make those same mistakes and hopefully he's able to cut that down but I think he, he what he's learning here he, uh, he had his time with the rookie mini camp he was he was the big man on campus the veterans come in he's still the guy so I think it's only going to get better, but there is going to be a process to it. On learning the defense, Zayvon Collins, quote, it's a big, huge operating thing that moves in all different directions, and you have to know that within a split second, whenever the offense breaks, it's huddle, end quotes. And as far as being being on the field and making those mistakes, he did mention that he's been somewhat in a complete wrong defense at times on the field, and then his head starts spinning, but... Hey, Vance Joseph has told him, and he told us in the media as well, your job is to relay the play call and then do your job. Don't try to do the job of, of the other 10 players on that football field. Try to stay calm. A lot, again, easier said than done here in the month of June, even when we get to the regular season. I got no issues with uh, him making mistakes. This is when it happens. I mean, it's going to happen in training camp. It's probably going to happen at certain times during the season. You know, everyone's making a, a, a big uh, deal about, you know, two or throwing five, six inter- interceptions. Well, first of all, it was pouring, and and they told him because the tendency he has a tendency to kind of just check the ball down and you know pick up first downs. We know in the game against the Cardinals he was able to sling it, but he they they said we want you to take more chances, and that came from Brian Schottenheimer. Take more. Ch- I'm sorry, Schottenheimer is down in Jacksonville. Take more chances, and then you're seeing like when Travis uh, Etienne. During the rookie minicamp, he was working at a receiver. This is this is what the offseason's for. That's why you're seeing guys move around in Cardinals camp, um, offseason workouts, because you got to know. You just, I mean, they don't want to wake up, a, you know, after a, a game on a Sunday, lose a player, and go, "What are we going to do?" Well, we got options here. So this is when you do it in the offseason. And I, I hope Kyler Murray takes some chances in in and. Practice in the in the, uh, training camp, or take some chances in the pre. I don't care about the interceptions. I don't take some chances because now you got to gain some confidence from it, and you learn from it. So um, I like what I see. You know, when it comes to Xavier, he's he again, he's learning on the fly. Yeah, and and he did say that. You know, and I really believe him going against that Cardinal offense is going to help him down the road. He said it's much different than college, which is refreshing to hear because we always hear about the air raid and the four wide. Um, and the game's a lot faster. Uh, we know just watching Kyler Murray, how quick he can be coming out of the pocket. You're talking about 300, 280-pound linebackers that can take angles on him. So, uh, But I, I like everything I hear and I, everything I see. 
this is the time and even training camp where you can afford to make those mistakes as opposed to week one, week two, week three as you get into the regular season. And speaking of which, by the way, Cardinals have a couple of ticket plans available at azcardinals.com slash tickets. Want to let you know, Bird Gang, that there are two Protect the Nest ticket plans Each plan features four games, including prominent primetime matchups at State Farm Stadium. Again, you can go to azcardinals.com slash tickets or call the Cardinals ticket sales office at 602-379-0102. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we talk the safety position, as we continue our position-by-position breakdown of the offseason, Got some D-hop news. Actually, two stories. One I'm going to keep until later. How about we build some suspense here on today's show. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray in the running for best play. The Hale Murray won a 16 plays up for a 2021 ESPY. Voting is underway on ESPN.com. Of course, we know the Hale Murray did win clutch play of the year at NFL Honors back in February. So an opportunity to add that, but now going up against all the other sports and activities throughout the country and throughout the world, really, there are 16 plays right now, as I mentioned, and they're going to whittle it down. But in order for that to be whittled down to include the Hale Murray, well, you got to vote, Bird Gang, and you can do that on ESPN.com. I voted yesterday. Well, you can vote early and often. often. Yeah. Yes, there's no no big deal about voting several times. Well, in that's this good to know. Procedure. You know, I'll, I'll I'll I don't know how many times I'm going to vote, but I definitely did my part, and I'm glad you're pointing it out. So for our fans out there and listeners, as Craig just mentioned, early and often. Yes, several times, and keep going back to ESPN.com to make sure that they hail Murray advances in this 16-play bracket, if you will. And it's very easy. You can do it on your, your, your whatever kind of phone you have. It's very easy. You just got to push a button, and then they take you to the next category. So it's not like you got to go through bells and whistles. You got to sign up for something, and they're going to get your email. It's really easy. So as Craig said, early and often. All right, let's get into the safety position. We began this position-by-position analysis looking at the line of scrimmage, the offensive line. Now let's go as far away from the line of scrimmage as possible and talk about those players that line deep in the secondary, the safeties. And when you talk about the Arizona Cardinals and that safety room, one name stands above the rest, and that is Buda Baker, entering his fifth season, second longest tenured player on defense. MJ, quick quiz. Who is the most tenured player on the Cardinals' defense now that Patrick Peterson is no longer wearing that Cardinals uniform? Wow, that's a good question. I do the Jeopardy theme, but I'm not very good at humming along. Man, so. I, we're doing a podcast. I can't yeah. stall here. <laughs> Boy, on the roster. Cardinals defense. Three layers of the defense. Defensive line, linebacker, secondary. Who would it be? Not a special teams player? Not a special teams player. Not an offense player. Just talking defense. Longest tenured player on the Cardinals defense. Defense. Well, Corey Peters is no longer here. There you, yeah, that's that. Chandler Jones? There you go. He's got one more year on Buda Baker. And I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> Cardinals insider. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very well said. So five seasons or going into his fifth season is Buda Baker. Last season, Pro Bowl, first time, first team, all pro. 
118 tackles, including 84 solo stops, which led all defensive backs. He also added two sacks, two interceptions, and six passes defense. By the way, the first two interceptions of his career. The trajectory of Buda Baker continues to go up. He's already there, and many people believe that he is among the best safeties in the league. There are some metrics out there and some websites that don't agree. Buda Baker has made it known that he probably doesn't agree with those assessments, but everyone can have an opinion, and the opinion amongst the Arizona Cardinals and his fan base is Buda Baker is here and here to stay, hopefully for a long period of time. All right, you do a great job when it comes to show prep and, and quoting guys. I, I want you to read some of the quotes that you have, and uh, they get better as you read these quotes about Buda Baker. And this is from his peers, including – um, Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, you know, his peers and also the general manager. This is what the franchise and players in the locker room think about Buda Baker now and in the future. Because, MJ, when we last heard, or well, when we heard from Buda Baker at the end of the regular season, he was one of those players that was made available. And when asked about, you know, where do you want to get better at, he pointed to leadership. Being more of a vocal leader, he also he leads, I think, by example. But being that being that voice, if you will, either on or off the field, as you go into year five, and I think he, it, it's not a comfortable position for a lot of people, a lot of players, to be that guy and and step up, stand up, and say something, or pull a guy aside, or even have to get in someone's face. So that is something that Buda Baker wants to do this season. Vance Joseph this offseason called Baker a natural leader. He's got a real voice in the locker room. Isaiah Simmons said Baker, quote, leads by example. During the season, you brought it up, Larry Fitzgerald, quote, nobody means more to this football team than Buda Baker, and you can take that to the bank. General Manager Steve Kime called Buda Baker the heart and soul on defense. This team, MJ, feeds off Buda Baker's energy. Perfect example. At Carolina, losing to a Panthers team, yes, it was on the road, but it was an inferior opponent. The team did not have Baker on the field because he was on the sidelines due to that thumb injury, and it just seemed like it sucked the life out of everybody, not just on defense, but the entire team. Now, whether they thought they had arrived and were the better team and just had to show up, maybe that's part of it, but when you're missing those players that certainly everyone looks to, whether that's to make a play or to rally the troops, if you will, you're missing that. All of a sudden, you just you don't play as well. You don't work as well when that employee or that employer that you always look to to kind of provide the leadership and the direction. If it's missing, then all of a sudden, you sometimes don't know what to do. And there were times in that game against the Panthers where the Cardinals did not know what to do. Well, Murray admitted that they just thought they can walk on the field and. That's the NFL. We know any given Sunday. Now, when you look at Buddha, to me, and you know it gets overlooked, and give credit to Catherine Fitzgerald from the uh, Arizona Republic, AsiaCentral.com, about the thumb. He was still dealing with the thumb after the season, and there's therapy that he has to do, like he's got to stretch his thumb out. So that gets overlooked, playing with a cast. Um, but the thing is, Craig, we heard last year uh, during the practice, probably during the losing streak, they're five and two. Then they get to six and three. I, I can't recall. I can go back and look at the quotes. But Kyler Murray and Buda Baker had a conversation on the field, and probably uh, let's pick it up. To me, when he walks in that locker room, he's got credibility. He's got skins on the wall. This isn't us hyping him up. 
So it's time for him to be more vocal. To me, uh, nothing against Chandler Jones. Buda Baker is going to be the face of this defense. Now, maybe down the road, it's Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins. But to me, he's the face of the defense, and he needs to be vocal. Call guys out if they're not doing their job. J.J. Watt, again, put your armor on the guy. It's not personal. But if you put the work in during the week, we should see the uh, the fruits of the labor on game day. So call guys out. You have to do it publicly, personally. But he needs to be the leader of the defense, and he will be the face of the defense for a long time. He's earned, talking about Buda Baker, he's earned that right to be the face and the leader of the defense. He's been here going now into year five. He was drafted. He has... He has, as you say, skins in the game. He knows what this franchise wants to be, where it needs to go, and you're part of that foundation. You're part of the building blocks, and all of a sudden you want to be the guy to help this franchise, this team, move forward. And I think Buda Baker is the perfect guy on defense, and even when you look at the entire team, to be that voice of reason, if you will, maybe a louder voice this season. We know this just from watching practice, even during OTAs and minicamp, there is no doubt you hear Buda Baker's voice on the football field. Now on game day, can you hear it? From the secondary to the linebacker to the defensive line, I don't know, especially now with fans expected to be in attendance across the board and hopefully full crowds at State Farm Stadium this season. But that command of the defense, knowing what Vance Joseph wants to do and then relaying that to everyone else, helping Zayvon Collins along the way so it's not all on Zayvon as far as to try to figure out the best defense to be in on a particular play. That's where Buda Baker is at right now. The physical tools are there. Now it's that next step as far as being a leader. See ball, hit ball. Uh, He's a hit-seeking missile out there in a good way. Now, uh, the thing about Buda, you don't have to worry about hearing him. You, you just if, if the boom mic's out there or he's mic'd up, you'll hear the you hear the impact on the way he tackles. It's all technique. I'm sure he, he learned a lot from it playing in high school, but also Jimmy Lake at Washington. Um, he's a guy that's going to go for the armpit to the knee, and he's going to hit you hard. So I love when he's mic'd up. We do you know hear some of those conversations. He was mic'd up for the Buffalo game, right? Yes, he was, and that's that's one of those games that certainly stands out. There were several players that were mic'd up during that game, and Buda Baker has fun on the football field. Yes, it's a job, but you can see there's genuine interest in being out there, being around the guys, and just playing. And, you know, you get paid at the end of the week. Yes, that's all well and good. But it seems from the outside looking in that Buda Baker is one of those guys that plays for the love of the game, the joy of the game. And that's something that's, as we've heard from Steve Kahn before, looking in the draft, you want those players. But how do you measure that? How do you weigh that? How do you evaluate that until you get them in the building and you get to see them over the course of several seasons? Buda's one of those guys where... I mean, I, I just and, – and, you know, the organization obviously rewarded him with a nice contract and, you know, highest paid safety in football. And he's definitely getting more opportunities to get interceptions, forced fumbles. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's able to blitz this year off the edge. But, yeah, he's – I mean, I, you know, I hate to say it because everyone has a different position, but you'd like to have 53 Buda Bakers on your roster. And the fact that Steve moved up to get him – um, I'm sure his phone was ringing afterward, man, because I know a lot of teams had a high grade on him. So 
sky's the limit for him, but I, I'm looking forward to see his progress, and he's only going to get better. And, Craig, you know this in life. When you when you do something you love, you don't consider it work. And it does. And, and for people listening, right, it can apply in any life. I know that people wake up and they don't want to go to work. I get that. Um, but if you ever get a chance to do something you love, it may not be the best paid job, but if you get a chance to something you love, you don't consider it work. You put the work in and you outwork people. That's that's how you get better in life. Well, how many times have we heard that cliche, I've never worked a day in my life. To your point, you wake up in the morning and you're anxious to leave the house to go to work, whether that's to be around your coworkers or the fact that what you're doing and what you get paid to do is something that you're enjoying. Case in point, look at the two of us. I mean, this is something that we enjoy to do with something that we have always loved to do as far as sports, professional sports in the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah, you, you want those people to be around because it's infectious. It's one of those things that all of a sudden everyone gravitates to those individuals and wants to be around those individuals and also wants to do well around those individuals. And you know, a lot of times, you know, you can look at the physical talent and we don't know medical and character, but also, teams are trying to figure out what's between the ears and what's in the chest. And you can't – there's no DNA. I mean, you can't take blood from a player. I mean, MRI and us, you know, a CAT scan, that's going to show if there's any growth or any injuries. So the, the, the deal is, is and I, I've made this point a lot of times, Corey Chavis, when he was drafted by the Cardinals, he told me there's two kind of players. There's players that are playing for the Shield – which they don't want to be good, they want to be great. And there's players playing for the money and the lifestyle. And and you could separate those guys. And they, those guys don't last long in the NFL. Three and a half years is the average uh, lifetime for an NFL player. Now, you know, every year we get, you know, 1,800 players, a lot of players come back. But I, I think this year you're probably going to have only 275 new players in the league. So take advantage of when you get it. Absolutely, and Buda Baker certainly made the most of his opportunities so far, and I think he is. There is that next level that he can get to. I think he is already at a very high level, but you're always looking to get better. You're never satisfied, and Buda Baker doesn't strike me as someone who is satisfied at whatever he does, even when you look at the end of the year and we rattled off the stats and what he did and what he accomplished, but it's always for those players to take the next step. It's the plays that you did not make, the losses that you did, that you felt, that you hurt. It's not the wins that stay with you. It's the defeats. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's as big as, big as critic. Uh, we look at him, and regardless of what kind of grade he gets, because they don't know the coverage, they don't know the scheme, um, they're just watching film thinking this guy should be in the area. I mean, uh, you know, he hasn't reached his peak yet, but – we, we maybe start talking about him, about guys like Earl Thomas in their prime, Ed Reed in his prime, you know, Charles Woodson played corner and then he went to safety. So, and, and I'm not, you know, saying he's going to be those guys, but he hasn't even really scratched the surface. We're just seeing the, the first, you know, over the last couple of years, the upside of his career. So if you think about it, in the next four or five years, maybe we're having that conversation that, he could be an Ed Reed or Earl Thomas um, and some of the better safeties in football. Sean Taylor was a, one, a great player, different style. But maybe we're having that conversation. But um, I think he, you know when he brings to the table, you really can't teach. 
along those lines about making a lasting impression, it goes to what he explained on the number change. Now he's wearing number three, that single digits. One, he talked about being an Allen Iverson fan. And for those that know Allen Iverson, he wore number three for the Philadelphia 76ers. But Buda Baker also brought up that the number, quote, growing up was always good for me. And hopefully that number never gets worn again for the Cardinals, end quote. He wants to be so good for the Arizona Cardinals that when he walks away, when he decides it's time to retire, that that number three will be up there in the ring of honor. And more than that, that number will be looked at like number 11. No one's ever going to wear number 11. And Buda Baker, that's his goal. That's his mindset. And it's a great one to have. Make it so that no one else can wear that uniform because you have done so much in that jersey to where it's impossible to, to let alone surpass, not even match what you'd produced on and off the field. I'm not saying he can't do it, but that, that's a lofty goal. I, I would think he wants to make uh, Super Bowls and everything else. I, I know what you're saying, but there's been a lot of great Cardinal players that are not in the ring of honor just from different reasons. Maybe they didn't play their entire career here at you know, Kurt Warner obviously put up numbers, Carson Palmer, but those are lofty goals. I, I just want him to stay on the straight and narrow. I know what you're saying. That, that's the upside, and, you know, that's what you play for, but he's got a long ways to go. As you can tell, Berg Gang, big fans of Buda Baker here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your opportunity to see Buda Baker in action at State Farm Stadium. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets. There are a couple of Protect the Nest plans featuring four games, including prominent primetime matchups. So if you're not interested in a full season package, how about a four-game Protect the Nest plan. Just go to azcardinals.com slash tickets. Or again, call the Cardinals ticket office at 602-379-0102. All right, so Buda Baker is back. Also returning at the safety position, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, Chris Banjo, and Charles Washington. Now, Banjo and Washington play more on special teams, though Banjo last season in a pinch because of injuries did start four games last season. The hope is that Banjo and Washington aren't needed on defense because that would mean that one Buda Baker is healthy, Jalen Thompson's healthy, Deontay Thompson is good in making a jump. Jalen Thompson, the one big thing for him has just been health. He missed eleven games last season because of an ankle injury. Otherwise, when you talk with defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, in addition to Buda Baker, it's always Jalen Thompson and specifically how well Thompson tackles. And we've heard Vance say that he sees a lot of Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, it's just the consistency and obviously the availability and making sure that you are active and available on Sundays. And I think when you look at you know Charles Washington and Chris Banjo, I, I don't think both of those guys are going to make the team, so clearly it's going to be about special teams. And again, we get into how many uh, defensive backs will they keep, four or five corners, will they keep four or five safeties. Jalen Thompson is about durability. And availability. That, that really comes down to that. I know they're excited about him and got him in the supplemental draft where he would have been a second-round pick that year. Deontay Thompson, I, I thought he looked better in training camp last year, but both of these guys are going to stay healthy. They're kind of on the thin frame, and they, maybe that's, that's the problem uh, when it comes to being able to withstand an NFL season. So they're never going to put a, a ton of weight on just because of their metabolism, but uh, I do like the fact that they like to hit, and you can make that case when it comes to Buda Baker. So... Um, you look at it, and then the Cardinals added, you know, a couple safeties um, when it came to the draft. One there, 
Uh, James Wiggins, uh, a lot of upside there. Does he make the opening day roster? And then Sean Williams, who's been more of a special teams player, and so he could be a guy that you know plays in a role. If 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 the Thompson twins can't stay healthy, you're going to have to rely on Sean Williams, Chris Banjo, or Charles Washington. And again, I don't know if you can keep all these guys. You know, in the perfect world, Wiggins slides at a practice squad. Um, maybe, you know. Right now, I don't think they're going to bring in another safety. Um, we think it's going to be tight end and possibly a running back. That's what we're thinking uh, between now and training camp, if not the first week in camp. So I, I like the depth there. Are you more confident with the corners or safeties on paper going into the season? you got a M- Malcolm Butler experience, Denard experience, Murphy experience, hopefully a healthy Robert Alford. You got a couple uh, rookies in there, Marco Wilson, Tay Gowan. Are you more confident at the safety spot or corner spot going into training camp? On paper, there is more depth at the cornerback position than there is at the safety position. But in looking back at last season, there were a number of games. And in fact, for the last six games last season, Buda Baker was the lone safety starter. There were times when he was by himself as far as the quote-unquote safety. They went with an extra corner. They went with an extra linebacker, an extra defensive lineman. So can you get away with going lighter at that safety position and go heavier at cornerback or somewhere else because you've got Buda Baker, you've got Jalen Thompson. Is this the season that Deontay Thompson takes a step forward? Does Sean Williams end up playing more corner, or excuse me, more safety than he did last season because last season he was more of a special teams guy for the Bengals. But keep in mind, before last season, he was a four-year starter at strong safety with the Bengals. And that's not that long ago. He just, there were too many guys ahead of him. And now with the uh, fresh start, if you will, or the new beginning, as he said, coming to the Arizona Cardinals, can Sean Williams get into that mix as a defensive player and not just someone on special teams? The way you the way you frame that, I maybe you do go five corners, and, and again, you know, it's going to battle down to how Denard looks in training camp, and then the development of Marco Wilson and Tay Gowan. Try to slide one of those guys on the practice squad, and then if you go four safeties, I mean, you got to think the Thompson twins are in, but also I think Sean Williams is going to get an opportunity to get some playing time, and then it's going to come down to Banjo or, or Washington for that extra special teams uh, role. So you could see five safeties. Or you could see five corners, and based on uh, the last four out of the last four to six games you mentioned, he only had one safety on the field. We know Isaiah Simmons can play safety. We know um, Byron Murphy can be more of a slot guy, so and an outside guy. So if you want to just go with your defensive backs, you can go five or six DBs. Usually, when teams go nickel and dime defense, that it's the majority of uh, your defensive backs. But last year on that jet package, it was more of the linebackers across the board. Uh, Tanner Vallejo, Zeke Turner, Dennis Gardeck, Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden, and they are all filling in for the injured Chandler Jones. Williams, or I should say Simmons, is the wild card in all this when you look at that safety position because he did play free safety, played strong safety. They moved him around at a lot of different positions. Yes, it's the inside linebacker that he is going to be home base, as Coach Bill Davis mentioned, but there are going to be other plays there are going to be other games where he does move around and if his ability to play a little safety as far as being back as that last line of defense 
you move him around, then all of a sudden you've got Buda Baker. You hopefully Jalen Thompson is healthy, and then you have Isaiah Simmons. So maybe you do go a little bit lighter at that safety position because you're confident in the depth at cornerback, and you're confident that Simmons he is that utility piece that can be moved around to where maybe you don't need five safeties on the board. The other issue, or not an issue, but the other thing to consider is special teams. And we know Banjo and Washington are big special teams players. If they're not on the roster, is that Sean Williams? Is that James Wiggins? He's someone that when drafted out of the seventh round out of Cincinnati, I remember playing his day, general manager Steve Kime brought up special teams that he is most likely to make his mark there because he can play on all four core special teams and that is something that Kime brought up immediately when Wiggins was selected. Again, we're going to have to see how Alford, you know, I'm not concerned about him coming back from an injury because he's in great shape and then we're going to have to wait and see, you know, how the Thompson twins pan out, but I think there's only one bone for Chris Banjo or Charles Washington. And and so, I mean, if you go four, then you, you have Butler, Murphy, Alford, and Denard at corner. I would think they're really intrigued with Marco Wilson because he can play inside and outside, and somebody's got to replace Trench Field, Shurfield on special teams. That could be Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a, I think, and you could slide Deontay Thompson on the practice squad um, if you need to. Um, the way the rules are, you could probably slide a lot of guys on there. So, yeah, I'm torn. I mean, I, I can build a case for five safeties. I don't want to possibly slide Marco Wilson uh, on the, because teams are going to be able to watch these guys in, in preseason games. Teams can come to your practice, they can't video it. So, it's not like you're hiding and stashing them. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I'm like I like these conversations we're having because we're always talking about depth, and now uh, they don't have enough players at this position. You can never have enough depth. You're always trying to place the last player at each position. So this is a good dilemma to have going in, and you want to create competition, whether you guy thinks he's earned the job or given the job. Oh, there's no question that if you're general manager Steve Kime in that front office, this is a perfect problem to have. You want tough decisions during the course of training camp as you whittle it down to 53. I'll say this about Sean Williams, and that's that relationship and being reunited with Vance Joseph. Joseph's, or I should say, Williams' second and third years in the league. Joseph was the defensive backs coach with the Bengals in 2014 and 2015. So there's a reason why the Cardinals went out and targeted Sean Williams as a free agent addition in that safety room. Wiggins is an interesting case because he's that one draft pick in the secondary that we haven't talked a lot about. Tay Gowan and Marco Wilson, they can get jumped together, uh, looped together, if you will, because of the cornerback position. But Wiggins, you know, he's he he feels that he can be a player, not just on special teams, but maybe on defense as well. Maybe it's not this season, but how did those, how did Williams and Wiggins perform these past two weeks at OTAs and minicamp and then come training camp? Because ultimately that's going to be not what, we read or see on paper, but what happens out on that football field to determine whether it's three, four, or five safeties? I mean, I, I like this draft class on paper. I guess check back in a couple of years, God willing. Um, I don't know how many of the back end of the draft class is going to make the roster. I really don't. I don't I don't know. You know, we look at um, 
the draft class as a whole, I mean, I could build a case for the probably the first four or five, but when you get to Tay Gowan and uh, Michael Manette and uh, Wiggins, uh, I don't want to rely on rookies. Again, I'll, I'll rely on in the first couple of rounds, but I mean, at this point, you have veteran guys t- to kind of handle those duties, so we'll see. But it's it's not an indictment on these guys; they're part of the future. And now you don't have possibly you don't have to go out and spend big money on a. Stephon Gilmore, if he was a free agent next year, whatever. Um, you got guys in the mix. And if Alford plays well enough, I would think that they would consider he likes it here. Uh, Malcolm Butler, a little bit different. He wants to cash in, but he's also getting up there in years. And you want to find a home. And Malcolm Butler and A.J. Green, they all want to find a home. And they love Arizona right now. And they, you know, So we'll see where it goes. But I think it's a good dilemma to have. Uh, based on the numbers. A little foreshadowing on the part of Mike Jarecki here as he brings up a name that is currently not on the Arizona Cardinals, but uh, perhaps maybe there is an Arizona Cardinals player that would love to see someone added to that secondary. More on that in a moment. The other thing that you brought up was Trent Shurfield and his loss on special teams and his role. When you look at these draft picks, what comes to mind is their skill sets, but how fast they are, the 4-3 speed, the 4-4 speed. Because if you're looking to be a gunner on the outside, not only do you need to be physical and get around a player or two, but you do need that speed. And Wiggins does have 4-4 speed. That's running in a straight line. Now, how do you do when you've got pads on a helmet and someone in your way? How physical are you and can you get to that 4-4 speed because you've beaten the guy that's preventing you from getting downfield on punt return? I mean, it, it, again, can he tackle? That's great to have all that speed in this north and south. Um, you know, special teams um, we'll get into later. Um, but Rondell Moore, he's going he's gonna to tilt field position. So, uh, again, uh, you look at the draft class. Uh, I, I think on paper they filled some holes for the knee, uh, for the, uh, the future. They actually needed some corners. They got a couple of those. Uh, you get a future center considering Rodney Hudson's under contract at least next couple of years, hopefully three. And so I, I just think that, you know, I think they did a good job on day number one, two, early in the fourth round, and they just have to wait and see. But you got to be able to tackle in this league, and if you, you can have all the speed in the world. I'm intrigued with these guys' skill set. It really starts with Zayvon uh, Zav- Collins and, and Rondo Moore. But I like Marco Wilson. I like Tay Gowan's upside. I like Wiggins' upside. Um, I like uh, the defensive tackle, Victor Dumukeji. Dumukeji, I, I like his upside. You know, it's going to be a numbers game for him there. Um, he looks the part. So, I like I like the draft class. It's just I don't know if they can rely on rookies throughout the course of the year. If they may have to come in in a pinch. And when I say rookies, I'm talking about more third day guys. Yeah, and it's always difficult when you are that third day guy to make a roster because the leash if you will is not as long as it would be if you're a first round second round or even maybe a third round pick and the players that we've been talking about are all fourth fifth sixth and seventh round and according to the cba and according to reports looks like they're going to have a 16 uh member practice squad and last year you know you had to have an extra uh you know, punter and kicker in case somebody got COVID. I think the Cardinals are gonna they're gonna build a roster based on the future, and that means you can slide some of these guys. I assume they're gonna load up on corners. You can never have enough wide receivers. Never never have enough offensive linemen, um, cornerbacks. They're probably gonna bring in you know depending on what happens with Eno Benjamin, 
Um, is, you know, they're going to bring in another back to compete uh, for a backup job there. So they're, they're going to stash a little, not stash, they're going to have on the practice squad where they don't have to worry about COVID. And, and they're going to have a mini practice squad where you better be ready if, if your number's called during the week because we know on Saturdays, because of COVID and guy, you know, looking different in practice or showing uh, upside, uh, you can make those roster moves on Saturday for Sunday. And those players on the back end of the roster, if you will, players, what, 45 to 53, you know Steve Kimes always looking to shake things up, not on – just not – for the heck of it, but looking to get better, even if you are that 50th, 51st, 52nd, or 53rd player. Yeah, I mean, we know Jeff Rogers has a lot of input, assistant head coach. I mean, I mean, anybody that doesn't start, and you'll see some starters on special teams because you know you got to you know have a 11 guy or 10 guys out there uh, for your field goal and extra point, and usually those are big guys. But uh, for the most part, if you're a backup playing a skill position, meaning wide receiver, running back. Uh, cornerback on the on the defensive side of the ball, um, you're going to play on teams, and so that that's a given. But Jeff Rogers is going to have say in five to six, seven, eight guys. Now, um, it's not like he's got final say, but he'll put his input. And if you're not a starter, you're going to have to play on special teams. So maybe these these guys can flash like Tanner Vallejo has, Dennis Gardeck, Zeke Turner, Trent Sherfield. Uh, I thought Isaiah did a nice job last year. So. Um, if you're not starting, you're going to have to play on teams, and that's how you're going to try to get active on game day. But I do think the Cardinals are really going to try to stack that practice squad for the future, whether they play this year or not. All right, we teased it before we got deep into our safety discussion, and then Mike Jarecki as well kind of inadvertently teased it as well here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We do have other D-Hop news. DeAndre Hopkins, this via social media on Instagram, picture of him, MJ, matched up against Stephon Gilmore with this caption, quote, best corner in the game from South Carolina. Then he tagged Gilmore and continued, quote, let him know it's love, Red Sea, exclamation points, end of caption. A, uh, uh, you know, as much or as good as Hopkins is as a wide receiver, he's he's dabbling a little bit uh, in the recruiting aspects as well. Didn't quite work for Julio Jones. Maybe he did a little bit for J.J. Watt, but now he's trying uh, another big fish out there. It just goes to show you how much Hopkins uh, likes being in Arizona. Clearly, he wasn't happy there. Um, they made a trade, and he kind of forced his way out, just like J.J. Watt, even though Watt went to management. And, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. They they obviously weren't happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I like when players try to recruit other players, but uh, it's not fantasy football. And there's, there's, there's a couple layers to this story. First of all, He's coming off an injury, probably wants an extension, and they forward him 4.25 last year, so he's under contract at $7 million. Uh, that would be more of a luxury, just like Julio Jones. But I, I like the fact that Hop's trying to convince guys to come here, and I do think um, recruiting helps in the offseason. I mean, I'm sure before the games and after games, players are like, I want to play for this, this team. I want to play with that guy. So that can go a long way. Ultimately, it comes down to fit and asking price. By the way, and compensation. Does it matter to you or say anything that there were a number of Cardinal players that liked the Instagram posts by D Hop? Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that, but 
again, they're not the general manager. They're not the ones, you know, got to cut the check. So, I, listen, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Um, you know, Kyler Murray's made recommendations. Uh, this year I think he had a little bit more um, influence, not uh, input, not influence, input. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem with it. And, and I, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, how many times was Larry Fitzgerald asked, what do you think about this guy coming along? I know a lot. A lot of times, how would he fit? That's that's really the first thing, and I think all these guys would fit in the locker room because they feel like this team's on the rise. But I know Larry; uh, I don't know if he was consulted, but how do you think this guy would fit in the locker room? And sometimes it doesn't work out. I.e., Michael Crabtree. Yeah, that's a nice example right there. It was kind of on the uh, tip of my tongue. I'll let you say that versus uh, me here on Cardinals <laughs> Cover Two. Uh, I'll say this about Dehab: it does show to your point that he cares, and I think that is first and foremost, Berging, the takeaway. When you see Hopkins or some player or Kyler Murray say, I want this or I want that guy, you know, they want to win. So why wouldn't they make it public that they want the best to be here? Let's blame it on the NBA. <laughs> I mean, the the more Pro Bowl, all pro players you have, now it doesn't always equal winning. I mean, uh, you know, the Raiders and the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team for years would not go out and get this uh, in the Eagles, the dream team. It doesn't always work, but the better players you have, the more success you're going to have during the season. Yeah, talent doesn't always guarantee success, but chemistry. Uh, I still like the odds. They're a little bit better when you have more talent than the teams or players that you're going up against each and every week. All right, Bird Gang, we'll pull the lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.